We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count one, malice murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Greg McMichael, not guilty. Count two, felony murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Greg McMichael, guilty. Count one, malice murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, William R. Bryan, not guilty. Count two, felony murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, William R. Bryan, not guilty. Count three, felony murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, William R. Bryan, guilty. Jury dropping the hammer, guilty, all three. Guilty, I'm Carl Higby, in for Greg tonight. Don't worry, he's coming back. All three white men in the South convicted of murdering a young black man that despite a robust defense and a number of questionable circumstances that led to the deadly encounter in the first place, all three men found guilty on nearly all counts. Now, we've known the verdict since early this afternoon, but what does this mean? It means respect the system, for the most part, with the exception of the January 6th political prisoners, and that's literally what they are. Our justice system in the United States works pretty well. I'll, I'll give them that. It works very well. Even though the fake news, BLM, AOC, they don't think it works unless it fits their narrative. It was just five days ago we witnessed justice system work for Kyle Rittenhouse. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? Uh, would you wish the jury pulled? This young man, Rittenhouse, was acquitted on all counts of killing two men and wounding another. Jurors decided he was defending himself as the men were attacking him during a BLM riot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The media absolutely lost it. This was worse to so many trials where we know for a fact individuals committed murder and yet they were not uh, brought to justice. And it's unfortunate. The miscarriages of justice and the system here in America, the uh, results of this verdict are most important because it sets a precedent, uh, you know, that you can just you can just do this and get away with it. That was the most upsetting thing, I think, about the verdict, that they're pretty much just saying that you know, nobody has to answer for his murder. In the eyes of the law, Rittenhouse is now actually the victim of the three men who he shot, even though the evidence suggests that Rittenhouse went to Kenosha, spoiling for a fight. That's why he brought that semi-assault gun you get a lawsuit, and you get a lawsuit, and you get a lawsuit. Look, Kyle Rittenhouse received a very public trial. All right, there was really not a lot of evidence that it should even been trial at the been a trial at the first place. He was acquitted despite being convicted in the court of public opinion. I mean, like this is they they convicted him before the trial even began, and everyone from the fake news to the D.C. swamp creatures, all and of course Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they're still flipping out because they didn't get the decision they wanted. Now let's fast forward to the Arbery case. Ahmed Arbery was shot and killed in Georgia after being chased by three men who thought he was acting suspicious, not grounds to kill someone, in a neighborhood. And look, they had reason to be suspicious, maybe, but that doesn't give them the right to kill someone. There have been a number of recent thefts in the area, many of them from local construction sites, and 
A few weeks before he was killed, Arbery himself was actually seen on surveillance video at a house that was under construction. He was supposedly just, you know, curious looking around. Again, not a reason to kill someone. Not exactly the type of thing people do, though, on a routine basis. It's still breaking the law. Arbery was said to be jogging through the neighborhood on the day he was killed. But regardless, he wasn't the model citizen the media is making him out to be. He was portrayed as, and by the BLM and everything like that, by the fake news as this perfect citizen after he was shot. I ain't on me. What the for? I'll tell you why I'm here, man. Why? I'll tell you why I'm why? here. Because this area is known for drug activity. Drug? How the drug attack when I work at Blue Beacon? Back up. My back up. Turn my You want back up? What? Turn around, put your hands on the car. Why? Turn around, put your hands on the car. What's up? What Turn around, put your hands on the car. I'm checking you for no weapons. Reason. I'm checking you for weapons. You got no reason to touch me, bro. I'm not searching you. I'm checking you for weapons. All right, man? You don't have you any warrants. I know, but you're coming up on me. You make coming me kind of nervous. Summer, okay? You bother me for nothing. Yeah, regular choir boy. Didn't deserve to be killed per the case, but that's him in action in 2017. Okay, refusing to comply with police orders during a marijuana-related traffic stop, cursing at the officer, I mean, who eventually tased him. Now, I say traffic stop, but Arbery was sitting in a parked car in the middle of a grass field, acting suspiciously, according to police. So let's just say this clean-cut graduation photo might not be the accurate portrayal of Ahmed Arbery, but that doesn't fit the fake news narrative. That's, the, that's my problem here. Nevertheless, three white men chased a young black man down a street. There was a struggle. Arbery was killed. Jurors just decided the fate of those three men in a court of law, a justice system, just like in the Rittenhouse trial. But the fake news is outraged again, right? What we have to take, the sense of relief, um, the sense of justice being served, not just for the Arbery family. It means so much for this community. They have been chanting his name. They have been saying, we got justice. Uh, there was an act. You could hear sort of a, um, a scream of relief. You could hear people hooping and hollering, if you will, when they heard the first verdict. We believe that this was wrong from the start, and this is to us a sign that justice has been carried out. Wrong. I mean, <laughs> when the verdict fits their narrative, the justice system works, right? That's, that, that's how it goes. When the verdict doesn't fit their narrative, the justice system is broken. This is, they do this all the time. Oh, let's not forget, I believe that this, despite cases like Daryl Brooks, the wannabe rapper released on a $1,000 cash bail after being charged with mowing down the mother of his children and girlfriend with a car. Just days before he allegedly plowed, and I say allegedly because I have to, plowed into that vehicle into children and senior citizens at a Christmas parade, killing six of them and wounding like three dozen others. We heard for months after the 2020 presidential election, the system works, respect the system. Guess what? The American justice system does work. I'm telling you that. It works for white people. It works for black people. It works for green, yellow, blue alike, everything. It works for everybody for the most part. There are notable exceptions. Respect the system, even if you don't like the outcome, because one day it might need to work for you. Joining us now, former Georgia Congressman Doug Collins, the author of The Clock and the Calendar, a front row look at the Democrats' obsession with Donald Trump. Congressman, welcome to the program. And I got to say here, here's your book right here. Um, <laughs> this to me, I want to get your take on this whole case real quick. Justice system generally works. There's notable exceptions. Why do we keep finding ourselves in these arguments where there are these blind racial allegiances from certain groups, and we know who they are, 
and they, they want to trash it one time and not trash it the other time. Why do we find ourselves on this front? Because that, unfortunately, has become the standard in this country that it, we went to the lowest denominator of racism or classism or sexism. The one thing I want to point out to, to the viewers now, as I was watching through that, it reminded me as a lawyer, someone who's been a defense attorney who was actually prosecuted as well. That's why Lady Justice is blind. That's why she has the blindfold. She is there to hear the evidence, act on the evidence of each case and each trial. And for the American people, if they would just wake up on both sides and look, this week you had a great example of our, our legal system where you had an actual case of self-defense and you had a wrong, you had a claim of self-defense that was shown to be wrong. This is why the legal system works. That's why justice should be blind. And we should get back to the fact of saying we have a system that works. Yeah, no, 100% right on that. And my problem with the whole thing is you're, you're having these, let's, I, dare I say, militia groups. I mean, these are the, there's black militia groups out mm -hmm. there th threatening violence, whether if they don't or they do or don't get the result they want. I mean, this is the United States of America. This is not like Chad, Sudan, or Nigeria. This is a place where we have order and discipline. I mean, here they are. And, and these are the first people to say, like, hey, the narrative is you can't have an assault rifle, whatever the heck an assault rifle is, and none of them can define it. You can't have an assault rifle in, in Wisconsin, but you know, here we are marching down the street. You can see in those pictures right there with the same exact weapon that they whined about Kyle Rittenhouse having, you know, just in case he had to defend himself. Thank God he did. It is. It's the hypocrisy. And it's, I think as, as we go along, it, we're going to have to continue to point that out. Look, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case in particular, from the White House on down, from Joe Biden on down, there's more than an apology needed. There's going to have to be some accountability. And, I, and from judging from what I've heard from him over this past week, uh, I would be having, if I was some that had been out there on the front row uh, in mainstream media, these the left media who have been accusing him of everything of being, you know, a natural citizen, is they better start talking to their attorneys because they cannot continue to defame a private citizen at, with remarks like they have. But yet on the other side, they feel it's okay if they threaten, if they do, they try to make it some sense of a, of a long moral loss value. The problem is, is in our country, we all are equal under the law and we cannot intimidate or coerce our legal system. If so, then everybody loses. Yeah, and the thing was is this network especially, we tried not to jump to conclusions. We worked very hard to follow the evidence where it was giving our opinion along the way, but we never convicted it. Look, I was pretty darn well convinced that these three guys were guilty in the Arbery case. Pretty convinced, never said it. Just let justice, same thing with Rittenhouse, I said, I don't see the charges. That's all I ever said. But there are some people, like you were just talking about, that condemned Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, they likened him to some of the worst things in the history of the world. And now, I, I sure hope he's going to be up there with Jeff Bezos and, and you know Elon Musk very soon on the fortune, fortune list. But if we live in a world where we allow the media to dictate our justice system, what are the dangers there? Well, the dangers are is becoming a, a country in which it, we're on a, the road to communism, it, it, we're road to fascism, we're road to a dictatorship. Because if the media, again, one of the first things that a, a dictator or a, a communist-style government does is control the media. Mm -hmm. And when the media is simply a propaganda arm for the current administration, that's just you know wrong. When you have you know no hard questions being asked, you go to the Biden administration, not just in criminal justice issues, but you have a, a press secretary who talks down, demeans, doesn't ask the real questions. When you have the president of the United States States called Rittenhouse a, a, a white supremacist and all. And then you have the, the press secretary, which I thought was very interesting. She said, I'm not going to comment on a current uh, case while the case was still going on. But she said the president condemns vigilantes who carry, you know, uh, assault weapons to 
uh, rallies. I mean, come on. Right. This is the most blatant form of abuse I've ever seen. And it leads us down to where nobody is safe. That's what I don't care if you're a liberal, conservative, whatever you are. Right. Nobody is safe when we have, doesn't have a justice system. Yeah. And God forbid you're the one sitting there. Look, I had six kids break in my house once and I had to go to court and they were going to charge me with excessive force. I was like, I was sleeping at two in the morning in my own house. You guys kicked in the back door. What, what's the case? Fortunately, I was in Virginia under Castle Doctrine, so I had a good case. Real quick here, you're prosecutor, you've been a defense attorney, you know all the ins and outs of, of this case and many others. Let me ask you about Rittenhouse. So Joe Biden, candidate at the time, makes really defamatory statements, makes a, a, a video, a campaign ad, basically likening him, not basically, likening him to a white supremacist. Could Kyle Rittenhouse be the first dude ever to sue an, a sitting president for defamation and win? He yeah, has probably the best case I've ever seen. And because, I mean, and, and, the, and the interesting thing about it is, is he did it while he was not president. There's no, uh, you know, immunity here. Um, it, it was really interesting to me also that his campaign is, is even current press secretary and others are not backing down the words. They're not saying we believe. They're, in fact, they're sort of inflaming it. And so I think it's probably one of the better cases you'll ever see on a private sector, a civil suit against a president for defamation. Yeah. Well, former Congressman Doug Collins, we appreciate you being here, sir. It's always great to be with you, Carl. Take care. All right. So there's another caravan of migrants headed our way. So-called border czar Kamala Harris is not addressing this situation. She's not even addressing the root causes. But as you might expect, that's doing absolutely nothing. We've always guessed that the left wants open borders to help them win elections. But New York City just confirmed that. And I'll explain it after the break. Bob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's All right, well, we always suspected the left wanted open borders to stack the voter rolls in their favor. They told us we were crazy, but we can now officially confirm that the theory, thanks to the socialist regime mayor of Bill de Blasio right here in New York City, the Big Apple is in fact moving to allow close to a million non-citizens to vote in local elections. Those are illegal immigrants, many undocumented, and many, some did come there actually legally, but in case you weren't sure, the whole idea being that they'll vote Democrat. So why stop them at the border? Why not stop at the border? Of course. Let's bring in former CBP Commissioner Mark Morgan. Mark, this kind of gets under my skin. I live in Greenwich, Connecticut. About 15 people texted me yesterday and said, hey, Carl, there's a dozen buses waiting outside White Plains Airport, which is a, a wealthy suburb of New York, and they're here to pick up illegal immigrants. I called the FBO. Sure enough, they couldn't confirm they were illegal immigrants, but there was a plane in the middle of the night that came in, an MD-80, which is the biggest plane that's possible to fly into, from my research, into Westchester Airport, put them on these buses, and they take them all over. Rob Astorino has been tweeting a lot about that. Here are these buses. My friend took this picture right here. Uh, I, I don't think it was a sorority party. What do you think, sir? Yeah, first, Carl, this should get under your skin. And I also agree with you. This has been part of the the, the, the leftist Democratic you know, platform, the open border ideologues, 
that uh, to, to do exactly what we're seeing New Yorkers trying to do. Look, I never thought I would say this, though, though. Mayor de Blasio, I, I'm actually going to have to agree with you, Carl, because in, in, in that same article, they talked about this. He actually says that he actually believes that this law is illegal on its face. And he's right. And real quick, let, let, let me walk you through what's going to happen. You're going to break into this country illegally and right. enter our country. You're going to file intentionally a false asylum claim. Then you're going to be released. And oh, by the way, while you're waiting two or three years to get your hearing from a judge, you're allowed to work. So if our immigration system isn't broken enough, now New York is going to allow that same illegal alien that broke into our country, filed a false, intentionally false asylum claim to vote for the mayor, to city leaders, a whole host of municipal leaders. And then in three years, they could found their claim to be fraudulent and get deported. I mean, Carl, how does that make sense? Well, the Democrats don't follow any laws. They don't like laws unless it fits right. their narrative, unless it helps them progress their agenda. I mean, this is the thing with Democrats, too, is like people have pretty resoundingly rejected this policy of like, let them all in. No testing for covid. You, you know, if you want to serve in the military and die for the country, you got to get a vaccine. But if you're coming across the southern border, we're going to give you maybe four hundred and fifty thousand dollars and you don't have to get a vaccine. I mean, the people have resoundingly rejected this. Yet in the in the face of all that, Democrats are doubling down on this stuff. I mean, am I crazy here? No, Carl, you're, you're not. You're spot on. Look, I couldn't have said it better myself. Look, I'll give you another, another example of the doubling down. Right now, in the budget process, they're trying their third attempt through the reconciliation process through the Senate parliamentary to give basically de facto amnesty to 7 million illegal aliens. So under the New York law, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's called parole, right, which I, I think is unconstitutional and way above what the secretary of DHS can do. But basically, under New York's policy, all seven million of those illegal aliens then could vote for yeah. municipal leaders. Well, you know, it's funny, too, that while we're talking about this is Nancy Pelosi has just purchased a like I, I believe it was like 20 million dollar state in Florida because that's where she's going to retire to. It's like Wait, hold on a sec. You wrecked California with your policies, with your mass migrants and, and you know, $72 minimum wage, with your high taxes and your regulations and your green energy and your sustainable algae cakes and, you know, bake sales for the Guatemalan water moccasin. Yet you are going to move to Florida where Ron DeSantis didn't do any of that. I mean, how about and Ron was like, hey, you know what, by the way, you, you send the illegal immigrants to my state. I'm going to bust them right up to Delaware to meet with Joe Biden. And now now Nancy Pelosi is moving into that. This is proof that they don't even believe their own garbage. Carl, that's exactly right. We know. I mean, we could give example after example of the hypocrisy. And, and I bet you that palatial state that she's going to buy, buy, buy uh, in Florida, mark my words, it's going to have a wall around it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And she, she is. That's the problem with these policies, though, is the places they're sending these migrants. And, you know, look, some of them, sure, actually, probably most of them are fleeing to have a, be a better life. OK, I mean, fair enough. But it's not our problem. We work our tails off here in America and we want a better economy. We want a better thing. I would love to be able to welcome the world's woes into our country and try to help them out. But we got to help ourselves right now. Mark, we have like some of the worst inflation ever. There was a great jobs report where people are thinking, but people are paying 60% more at the pump. And the White House is out there advising people, hey, maybe you shouldn't buy a turkey for Thanksgiving just to save money. And then you got these buffoons on TV saying that, hey, you should rapid test people and have hors d'oeuvres in the garage to maintain safety. What in what world did we happen to in a year?
Yeah, we're in an alternate universe right now. And you're right. Look, it's not sustainable. What we're doing with our open borders right now in this administration, Carl, it's just not sustainable. It's not just about Mexico. There's still this fallacy out there that there's people looking for a better life just from Mexico, the northern triangle countries. This fiscal year, border toll have apprehended individuals from over 150 different countries. This is a global issue. UK is going through uh, through the same exact thing. Except, look, I, I, I've heard Nigel from the UK talk about this, and, and everything that he said is absolutely right, except what we're experiencing here on our border is 10 times worse what the UK is going through right now. It, and look, it's absolutely not sustainable. And here's what I'll say, too. We don't talk about this enough. It's not just a wrong thing for America. It's a wrong thing for the migrants themselves, Carl. You've talked about this, mm -hmm. and I've appreciated it. The most inhumane thing that we can have in this country is open border policies. Border Patrol alone has found hundreds of dead migrants kind of cross illegally. They've yeah. conducted over 12,000 rescues this fiscal year. I could go on and on. It's also dangerous for the migrants themselves. And the last thing I'll say real quick, if you don't mind, Look, you and I agree on this, too. This, this isn't about immigration. It's about legal immigration. Right. If you want to come here looking for a better life, come to my front door. Don't break in my basement uh, uh, window in the middle of the night and then uh, ask to be rewarded for that. Seems simple enough. I can't get a cheeseburger yep. in Manhattan without flashing my vaccine cards that, you know, this and that. So you know what I do? I don't eat out anymore. And you lost my business. I mean, but yet, hey, come on in. We'll give you 450K to go do whatever you do. Mark Morgan, former CBP commissioner, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Carl. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. America is not the only nation dealing with a migrant crisis that woke liberals are encouraging. We're headed across the pond where English Channel looks a lot like the Rio Grande, just a little bit bigger. Nigel Farage, up next. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer & Company is your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know. Well, at least 31 migrants have just drowned trying to illegally cross a dangerous body of water and sneak into a democratic country with open borders. But this tragedy didn't happen at the southern border of the United States. The migrants were attempting to cross the English Channel en route to the UK. Now, within the past year, the UK has seen a spike in migrant crossings with a new record of 1,000 entering the country every day. Former Brexit Party leader Nigel Farage, an all-around great dude that we love here at the show, joins me now. Nigel, how are you, sir? I'm very well. I was in the English Channel today myself on a boat filming. Um, I found a boat out there. Um, I called the rescue services. They arrived about an hour later. Uh, we had to, uh, well, there's the package there. Um, we had a helicopter. We nearly had to take a small girl off the boat who was suffering from exposure. Um, this is not only illegal, not only wrong, not only immoral, and not only 90% young men, who some would say are a fighting age. Um, I've always been predicting now for 18 months there would be a major tragedy. Mm. Today's the first of it. 31 dead, still, I'm told, a number missing. So that number could go higher. Um, and once again, you know, here we are, the UK. People come illegally, they never get deported. People come illegally, we house them. People come illegally, we feed them. And all the while those pull factors remain, they will keep coming. Today yeah. is, is the most visible tragedy of all of this. But you know what? The same thing's happening on the U.S. southern border. I was down on the Arizona border in May. Your problem is even bigger 
in terms of numbers. And from what I can see, under a Biden administration, no one gets deported. There's talk of giving amnesties to people, mm. uh, safe havens in cities. I mean, the whole thing is mad. There may well be people coming into the US and the UK who genuinely are refugees, right. but they're a small percentage. Correct. It's mostly young men coming in for economic reasons, many of whom finish up in the drugs gangs, in illegality, will contribute to crime in our cities. And on both sides of the pond, we need strong leaders who will get a grip of this. Biden will never do it. Right. And Boris Johnson needs to be kicked into doing it. Well, actually, we have a soundbite of Boris Johnson reacting to this. Listen to this. This disaster underscores how dangerous it is to cross the channel in this way. And it also shows how vital it is that we now step up our efforts to break the business model of the gangsters who are sending people to sea uh, in this way. So he obviously sees a problem with it just from a different perspective you do. Yeah. If you don't kick people out when they come over the border illegally and break your laws, what's the incentive for them not to do it? Yeah, you know, Boris Johnson is very, very good at saying what people think, but not actually doing anything. And so far this year, of illegals that have arrived in Britain, less than a quarter of a percent, less than a quarter of one percent have been deported. If people who come illegally are allowed to stay, if arguments get made, they sh there should be amnesties made for them. All that does is send a message to the rest of the world that more should come. So, you know, we may be 3,000 miles apart through the Atlantic. The problems are very similar. The solutions are very similar. We need leaders who don't just talk, but leaders who act. And this can be dealt with. Yeah, it's interesting, though. There's a, a pattern here. A lot of politicians actually don't really do anything that they say they're going to do. We're seeing that here in this election. But UK leadership, is, I mean, they're failing. The, the UK, the, the, the UK shadow homeland, the, the Homeland Security Secretary, your version of it this week. Take a listen to this. But the Home Secretary's failure is a dangerous failure. We have thousands of people risking their lives in these most dangerous sea lanes, the most dangerous sea crossing in the world. And if the rate continues as it is at the moment, if the rate of increase from last year to this year is repeated again next year, we'll have as many people risking their lives in the channel as there are people in Priti Patel's constituency. Her incompetence on this issue is dangerous. Yeah, so more talk, more tough talk. There's yeah. a problem. They all see the problem, but nobody fixes it. Well, it's career politics, isn't it? You know, it's people who leave university, leave college, go into research offices, become politicians, no experience of business, no experience of the real world, no experience of being held accountable by shareholders or anybody else. Just lie to the public at every election, uh, throw some red meat in between elections to the, uh, you know, and assume that the opposition party will be as gutless as you are. And that's how it's been. Brexit at least now gives us the opportunity to deal with this. But we have to leave some of the UN rules on migrants. You know, the United Nations has tied us mm -hmm. to many ridiculous rules that take away our sovereignty. Even though we've got Brexit, we're still tied to European human rights. Um, so we have got to have a second Brexit. And the second Brexit is to get back control of our own refugee laws. And I would suggest, actually, in America, 
you're potentially in a better position. Right. Because there's a friend of mine out there uh, who was the 45th president who actually does have the courage and the integrity to deal with these things. And that's why the left scream at him. That's why CNN and the New York Times hate him. But I genuinely believe that a Trump presidency would have the guts to finish the wall and reverse all of this. Yeah, well, we, we saw it. I mean, he was willing to do it. He went all the way. He took a ton of heat for it. He didn't care. He worked for us every day. Former Brexit Party leader, Nigel Farage, we appreciate being here, sir. Thank you. All right, so the Bias January 6th Select Committee just issued a subpoena for Bernie Carrick, former New York City Police Commissioner. Now, President Trump issued a statement on it saying they're not going to really like what they see when they subpoena all this stuff. We're going to tell you what that meant when Bernie Carrick joins us after the break. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. All right, so Nancy Pelosi's January 6th Select Committee just issued a subpoena to former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick. But nervous Nancy might get more than she bargained for. President Trump issued a statement today saying, in part, the unselect committee issued a subpoena to Bernie Carrick, an American patriot and great former police commissioner of New York City for its January 6th witch hunt, but didn't realize what they were demanding is a massive trove of evidence of voter fraud. Okay. So Bernie Carrick joins me now. Commissioner, welcome to the program. Thanks, Carl. So... I, you know, I want to be very careful. I realize that there's some legal things, so, you know, I'm not going to ask you anything that's going to put you in any type of jeopardy. But let's first start by saying that, you know, like, look, 2020 has been litigated. President Biden's been inaugurated. OK, move on from there. There have been a number of legal challenges. They haven't held up on the on the merits of the issues in court to date. So that said, President Trump alleges in his statement that there may be some stuff. And I don't want to get into the specifics. Are they going to get more than they bargained for with these subpoenas from you? Well, I, th <clears throat> I think there's a couple things that I'd like to get out uh, that the American people don't understand. One, I was subpoenaed um, by the committee based on a meeting that I was allegedly at on January 5th of last year. They said I was at that meeting with Steve Bannon, Mayor Giuliani, Dr. Reisman, and others, and that was a lie. I was never at that Whoa. meeting. In fact, I was in New York City. But they said I was at the meeting, and they even quoted sources. Bob Woodward's book, Peril, they said on page 234, Bob Woodward said I was at that meeting. They lied about me being at the meeting, and they lied about the sources for that information. If I went into a congressional hearing or I was under oath in a congressional hearing and made a false statement, they would recommend to the Department of Justice that I be charged criminally. Oh, yeah. I want to know who's going to be held accountable for lying in that subpoena. They lied about where I was and they lied about who told them that I was there. So, so that's number one. Number two, look, people could say all day long— 
that uh, there was no fraud uh, or no voter fraud, election fraud, irregularities in the 2020 election like Liz Cheney. She has said it constantly. I can tell you I am one of a small group of people that was working for the legal team under the supervision of Rudy Giuliani that can positively 1,000% say there was substantial irregularities and there was overwhelming fraud, election fraud and voter fraud. So we captured it. We gathered it. We talked to witnesses. We did affidavits. Whether it made it to court or not, whether the lawsuits that were filed at that time worked or not, that's that's beyond this. Right. The bottom line is many of the things we were investigating since since right. over the last 11 months have come to fruition in Georgia, Arizona, today, Wisconsin, Michigan. So those are the things that we were investigating. And uh, I think the American people should get to see that. So I, I want to be very careful here because it's a very sensitive subject. Like, look, do I have my concerns about the election? Sure. Trump filled stadiums. Joe Biden couldn't fill a hot tub. You know, however, here we are, President Biden, he is. So you're saying right now that you have things in your possession or they, that they might get or things like that, that that's going to show all the things that wasn't shown in court that, that, that we, we don't have access to right now? That's right. Many of the things that weren't didn't go into court. Look, we only had six to eight weeks to conduct investigations in six different states. It's impossible. It's impossible. There's still things coming out today. And many of those things were things that we were looking at back uh, 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is whether it went into court or not. And, and let me just touch on the court issue for a second. In many of these cases, the court cases were dismissed or thrown out for standing. Right. Mm -hmm. In many of these cases, the judges basically looked at them and said, you know what? Um, this is a state issue. Your state legislators they should have dealt with this. And you know what? They're absolutely right. Here's what I believe. I strongly believe the Democrats stole the election. That's what happened. But that's not why Joe Biden's sitting in the office. Joe Biden is sitting in the office today because there are Republican legislators that allowed the certification of votes in their states, knowing, yeah. knowing that there was fraud and they shouldn't have certified those votes. Yeah, and, and I just say, just for coverage, you know, I, I haven't seen any evidence, our network hasn't seen any evidence. You say that the evidence is there. Uh, Mr. Kirk, I, you are an honorable man to me. I, I'm anxious to see this evidence. The big thing, I mean, you, you make a valid point, places like Pennsylvania, where you're spoke, I mean, it's a constitutional, like, it's a, it's a law and it's in their constitution how voting's conducted. They changed the, the laws with a 51% mo uh, majority. That, to me, was unconstitutional and therefore should have its own litigation, which was shot down at the Supreme Court for whatever reason. I have no idea. But, I mean, these are some, some super heavy allegations in the, in the, in the essence of all this stuff. I, I got to ask you, it, it, they're sub subpoenaing you for the January 6th Capitol riot. You weren't even, you know, nothing to do with this. What is their basis other than the stupid meeting that they say you're at that you weren't? Um, don't know. So, and, and here's here's the reality. They know, and ever, anybody that knows me knows, 
I wasn't at the Capitol riot. Mm -hmm. I had nothing to do with the Capitol riot. I didn't know what was going on at the Capitol because I was actually at the rally with Giuliani when he spoke, which was a mile away. And I was there when the president started speaking. I left before the president even finished and I was back in my hotel. So at the end of the day, I had nothing to do with the Capitol riot. Yeah. And if that's what they're really investigating, why they were subpoenaing me in the first place, I don't know. On, a, on the basis of a lie, too. Bernie Carrick, former NYPD commissioner, we appreciate you joining us, sir. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. On this vote, the yeas are 220, the nays are 213, the Build Back Better bill is passed. Right. Build back more better -er, -er, er and stuff. So the Democrats, they literally just lit like $2 trillion on fire or $8 trillion on fire a week ago. And now with this new bill, I, I know they want to spend another $2 trillion. Hey, most of you probably know this already, but it was never intended and will never actually go to any productive infrastructure project. I can promise you that. Now, the basement Biden administration is flushing another $2 trillion down the toilet on this stuff. I have no idea how you pay, like, I mean, look, folks, how about you just pay the people who are defending this country first before doling out tax cuts to the rich? You're giving illegal cash to, you cash to illegal aliens and whatever social garbage you can dream of. I mean, seriously, you just force the healthiest bunch of Americans to get a vaccine, many against their will, for an illness they probably have a statistically zero chance of dying from. So they could continue to volunteer to potentially die for the very freedoms Democrats are trying to take away from them. And now they're not even being paid for it. I mean, because of some, what, clerical errors in a paycheck. It, it, this is getting ridiculous, folks. Now, even congressional the Congressional Budget Office says the, the same folks Democrats cheer for every time they say something bad about Trump. That's what the CBO is. They just smashed the Democrat talking point that the spending spree was cost neutral. In fact, it's going to add about $367 billion with a B to the annual deficit. But yeah, with Democrat math, I guess that's free, I guess. Now, the, it says here the CBO estimates that enacting this legislation would result in a net increase in the deficit totaling $367 billion over the 22 to 2031 period. That's not counting any additional revenue that may be generated by adding another 70,000 IRS agents. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? Real shocker. Spending $2 trillion doesn't cost any money. No, that can't be right. Who could have possibly seen this coming, though? So to the financially illiterate Democrats, if you, if you want to make inflation worse, adding more money to the economy is like throwing gas on a fire. Look, I'm fiscally conservative. I'm kind of a libertarian. Now, the idea that the House just passed a spending bill for more money than ever before in the history of America on services that produce nothing is never a good idea. But to do it at a time when inflation is already out of control, and it is out of control, folks. Democrats have no control over it. This is absolute insanity. So joining me now to discuss more is Republican uh, Florida member of the House Judiciary Committee and House Foreign Affairs Committee, Congressman Greg Stubbe. Congressman, we appreciate you joining us. And look, I realize this has passed the House. It's sitting to go in the Senate. What's your take on will it, be, will it pass the Senate? 
Well, I sure hope not for the betterment of our country. I hope that it dies in the Senate. I, you know, the rumor is, is that they're going to try to mark it up over there and change things and take things out. And, but there's no way to make this bill better. Right. And, and as you were saying in your monologue, we, they spent 1.9 trillion when Biden first became president for quote unquote COVID that no Republican voted for. They right. just spent 1.2 trillion on an infrastructure package that only 6% of that was actual infrastructure, roads and bridges and that sort of thing. And now another 1.8 trillion, which really, if you look at it over 10 years, is more like four or 5 trillion. That's on top of the 11 trillion that they have spent in the last 18 months. We only take in 3.5 trillion a year. I don't know about you, but I can't run my own checking account that way, but they just keep spending spending and spending and spending, and it is giving steroids to this already inflated economy, and it's just going to make the inflation worse. Yeah. The problem is, and for the folks at home, sir, you obviously know this, but the issue is that, look, America, we could probably print another two trillion. We could probably print three, four, five, six trillion. The problem is, is when people start losing faith in the dollar, if we're just going to continue to print it, we, we could potentially lose the fact that we are the world's currency, and that's real bad. So, with that said, you know, you have your holdouts, you have cinema, you have uh, mansion, people that are saying this, this, this dog don't hunt and they cannot pass because I'll lose my seat. But you have people like the radical left, like Schumer, you have Nancy Pelosi, you have AOC, you know, the, the, the mob squad or whatever they call themselves. They are saying, like, sacrifice your seat, do it for the betterment of the country. I, I'm struggling, sir, but what does this make better? Well, it doesn't make anything better. It makes everything worse. And we're just talking about the financial aspect of this. We're not talking about the 11 million illegal immigrants that it gives uh, legal status to, 120 new social programs, all of the horrible uh, Green New Deal and, and social liberal policies that are embedded in this 2,000-page bill. Uh, so it's not just the fiscal aspect of this. Our country will not be the same if this bill becomes law because of all the other aspects that are underlaying the language in this bill. So I sure hope that Cinema and Manchin hold strong. They've said that they're not going to vote for this bill as it is. Uh, it also increases taxes. We haven't even talked about that. How are we going to pay for this? Yeah. Uh, it increases $1.2 trillion of taxes, which which the left loves to say, oh, it's not taxing every everyday Americans. It absolutely is taxing every one of us. And we're seeing the inflation taxing every one of us. And that hurts the, the low to middle income earners the worse than it does the high income earners, because mm -hmm. they're now having to work two jobs to pay the gas bills, work two jobs to pay the increasing amount every time they go to to the supermarket. Yeah. The irony of this whole bill, and I, you know, I, I was when I was reading through this thing, I tried to read as much of this as I could. I mean, uh, it, it makes great fire starter, by the way. The uh, the the salt deduction, the, the state and local deductions that we lost under the Trump tax cut. Look, I live in Connecticut. I, the, the Trump tax cuts cost me about forty to fifty thousand. I paid forty to fifty thousand dollars more a year at because of that, and I was still for it. Why? Because I'm super MAGA. But that that beside the point. The big thing here is this new bill gets rid of all that stuff and reinstates the state and local deduction. So it's actually going to give the wealthy, the extreme wealthy, as much as an eighty thousand dollar tax break. I mean, this is the party that's supposed to hate the rich, right? Yeah, and it's absolutely doing the opposite. Just like you said, this actually, this bill actually helps millionaires. It gives them a, a tax credit for their Tesla. It gives them a tax credit for all these other different things that only people in their earning class, you know, people that make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars right. a year can't afford a Tesla. So it's actually helping those who make or a lot of money gas. And through those salt taxes. Yeah, and through those salt taxes. 
those are only helping your your millionaires and your high earners. So they say they're the party of the middle class and the and the low and middle income. That's absolutely not the case. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Representative Greg Stubbe, we appreciate you joining us, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. All right, folks, Greg Kelly will be back. Don't worry. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Don't deep fry frozen turkeys. Be safe. We'll see you soon.